Chapter Twenty of Ruggles of Red Gap by Harry Leon Wilson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty. Two days later, at high noon, was solemnized the marriage of his lordship to the woman who, without a bit meaning it, I had so curiously caused to enter his life. The day was for myself so crowded with emotions that it returns in rather a jumble patches of incidents little floating clouds of memory some meaningless and one at least to be significant to my last day the ceremony was had in our most nearly smart church it was only a methodist church but i took pains to assure myself that a ceremony performed by its curate would be legal i still seem to hear the organ strains of the voice that breathed through eden as we neared the altar also the mixer's rumbling whisper about a lost handkerchief which she apparently found herself needing at that moment the responses of bride and groom were unhesitating even firm her ladyship i thought had never appeared to better advantage than in the pearl-tinted lustreless going-away gown she had chosen as always she had finally known what to put on her head senator floud despite belknap jackson's suggestion of himself for the office had been selected to give away the bride as the saying is he performed his function with dignity though i recall being seized with horror when the moment came almost certain i am he restrained himself with difficulty from making a sort of a speech the church was thronged i had seen to that i had told her ladyship that i should ask quite almost every one and this i had done squarely in the face of belknap jackson's pleading that discretion be used for a great white light as one might say had now suffused me i had seen that the moment was come when the warring factions of red gap should be reunited a bismarck i felt myself indeed that i acted ably was later to be seen even for the wedding breakfast which occurred directly after the ceremony i had shown myself a dictator in the matter of guests covers were laid in my room for seventy and among these were included not only the members of the north side set and the entire bohemian set but many worthy persons not hitherto socially existent yet who had been friends or well-wishers of the bride i am persuaded to confess that in a few of these instances i was not above a snarky little wish to correct the social horizon of belknap jackson to make it more broadly accord as i may say with the spirit of american equality for which their forefathers bled and died on the battlefields of boston new york and vicksburg not the least of my reward then was to see his 
his eyebrows more than once eloquently raise as when the cattle persons hank and buck appeared in suits of decent black or when the driver chap pierce entered with his quite obscure mother on his arm or a few other cattle and horse persons with whom the honourable george had palled up during his process of going in for america this laxity i felt that the earl of brinstead and his bride could amply afford while for myself i had soundly determined that red gap should henceforth be without sets i mean to say having frankly taken up america i was at last resolved to do it wholeheartedly if i could not take up the whole of it i would not take up a part quite instinctively i had chosen the slogan of our chamber of commerce don't knock boost and boost altogether rudely worded though it is i had seen it to be sound in spirit these thoughts ran in my mind during the small repast that now followed insidiously i wrought among the guests to amalgamate into one friendly whole certain elements that had hitherto been hostile the bohemian set was not segregated almost my first inspiration had been to scatter its members widely among the conservative pillars of the north side set left in one group i had known they would plume themselves quite intolerably over the signal triumph of their leader perhaps in the american speech start something widely scattered they became mere parts of the whole i was seeking to achieve the banquet progressed gaily to its finish toasts were drunk no end all of them proposed by senator flood who toward the last kept almost constantly on his feet from the bride and groom he expanded geographically through red gap the coulanche valley the state of washington and the united states to the british empire not omitting the honourable george who i noticed called for the relish and consumed quite almost an entire bottle during the meal also i was proposed through whose life-long friendship for the illustrious groom this meeting of hearts and hands has been so happily brought about her ladyship's eyes rested briefly upon mine as her lips touched the glass to this they conveyed the unspeakable rather a fool i felt and unable to look away until she released me she had been wondrously quiet through it all not dazed in the least as might have been looked for in one of her lowly station thus prodigiously elevated and not feverishly gay as might also have been anticipated simple and quiet she was showing a complete but perfectly controlled awareness of her position for the first time then i think i did envision her as the countess of brinstead she was going to carry it off perhaps quite as well as even i could have wished his lordship's chosen mate to do i observed her look at his lordship with those strange lights in her eyes as if only half realizing yet wholly believing all that he believed and once at the height of the gaiety 
i saw her reach out to touch his sleeve furtively swiftly and so gently he never knew it occurred to me there were things about the woman we had taken too little trouble to know i wondered what old memories might be coming to her now what staring faces might obtrude what old far-off perhaps hated voices might be sounding to her what of remembered hurts and heartaches might newly echo back to make her flinch and wonder if she dreamed she touched the sleeve again as it might have been in protection from them her eyes narrowed her gaze fixed it queerly occurred to me that his lordship might find her as difficult to know as we had and yet would keep always trying more than we had to be sure i mean to say she was no gabbler the responses to the senator's toasts increased in volume his final flight i recall involved terms like our blood cousins of the british isles and introduced a figure of speech about hands across the sea which i thought striking indeed the applause aroused by this was noisy in the extreme a number of the cattle and horse persons including the redskin tuttle emitting a shrill concerted yipping which though it would never have done with us seemed somehow not out of place in north america although i observed belknap jackson to make gestures of extreme repugnance while it lasted there ensued a rather flurried wishing of happiness to the pair a novel sight it was the most austere matrons of the north side set vying for places in the line that led past them i found myself trying to analyze the inner emotions of some of them i best knew as they fondly greeted the now radiant countess of brinstead but that way madness lay as shakespeare has so aptly said of another matter i recalled though the low-toned comment of cousin egbert who stood near me don't them dames stand the gaff noble it was quite true they were heroic i recalled then his other quaint prophecy that her ladyship would hand them a bottle of lemonade as is curiously usual with this simple soul he had gone to the heart of the matter the throng dwindled to the more intimate friends among those who lingered were the belknap jacksons and mrs effie quite solicitous they were for the dear countess as they rather defiantly called her to one another belknap jackson casually mentioned in my hearing that he had been asked to chains watton for the shooting mrs effie who also heard swiftly remarked that she would doubtless run over in the spring the dear earl was so insistent they rather glared at each other but in truth his lordship had insisted that quite almost every one should come and stop on with him of course course what what jolly party no end of fun weekend that sort of thing no she'll like her old friends best wouldn't be keen for the creature if she'd not have em all 
capital by jove to be sure it was a manner of speaking born of the expansive good feeling of the moment yet i believe cousin egbert was the only invited one to decline he did so with evident distress at having to refuse i like your little woman a whole lot he observed to his lordship but europe is too kind of uncomfortable for me keeps me upset all the time what with all the foreigners and one thing and another but listen here cap you pack the little woman back once in a while just to give us a flash at her we'll give you both a good time what ho returned his lordship of course course fancy we'd like it vastly what what yes sir i fancy you would too and rather startlingly cousin egbert seized her ladyship and kissed her heartily whereupon her ladyship kissed the fellow in return uh, yes sir I, I dare say i fancy you would he called back a bit nervously as he left belknap jackson drove the party to the station feeling i am sure that he scored over mrs effie though he was obliged to include the mixer from whom her ladyship bluntly refused to be separated i inferred that she must have found the time and seclusion in which to weep a bit on the mixer's shoulder the waist of the latter's purple satin gown was quite spotty at the height of her ladyship's eyes belknap jackson on this occasion drove his car with the greatest solicitude proceeding more slowly than i had ever known him to do as i attended to certain luggage details at the station he was regretting to his lordship that they had not had a longer time at the country club the day it was exhibited look a bit after silly old george said his lordship to me at parting chaps dotty i dare say talking about a plantation of apple trees now for his old age that sort of thing be something new in a fortnight though like him of course course her ladyship closed upon my hand with a remarkable vigour of grip we owe it all to you she said again with dancing eyes then her eyes steadied queerly maybe you won't be sorry no i shan't i fancy i rather growled it stupidly feeling i was not rising to the occasion knew his lordship wouldn't rest till he had you where he wanted you glad he's got you and curiously i felt a bit of a glad little squeeze in my throat for her i groped for something light something american you are some countess i at last added in a silly way what what said his lordship but i had caught her eyes they brimmed with understanding with the going of that train all life seemed to go i mean to say things all at once became flat i turned to the dull station give you a lift old chap said belknap jackson again he was cordial so firmly had i kept the reins of the whole affair in my grasp such prestige he knew it would give me he dared not broach his grievance some half-remembered american phrase of cousin egbert's ran in my mind i had put a buffalo on him 
thank you i said i'm needing a bit of a stretch and a breeze out i wished to walk that i might the better meditate with belknap jackson one does not sufficiently meditate a block up from the station i was struck by the sight of the honourable george plodding solitary down that low street he was healed as usual by the judson cur he came to the spilmer public-house and for a moment stared up quite still at the lost chance on its chaffing signboard then he wheeled abruptly and entered i was moved to follow him but i knew it would never do he would row me about the service of the grill something of that sort i dare say he had fancied her ladyship as keenly as one of his volatile nature might but i knew him back on our street the festival atmosphere still lingered groups of recent guests paused to discuss the astounding event the afternoon paper was being scanned by many of them an account of the wedding was its feature as they say i had no heart for that but on the second page my eye caught a minor item a special meeting of the ladies onward and upwards club is called for to-morrow afternoon at two sharp at the residence of mrs dr percy haley martingale for the transaction of important business one could fancy i thought what the meeting would discuss nor was i wrong for i may here state that the evening paper of the following day disclosed that her ladyship the countess of brinstead had unanimously been elected to a life honorary membership in the club back in the grill i found the work of clearing the tables well advanced and very soon its before-dinner aspect of calm waiting was restored surveying it i reflected that one might well wonder if aught momentous had indeed so lately occurred here a motley day it had been i passed into the linen and glass pantry mrs judson polishing my glassware burst into tears at my approach frankly staunching them with her towel i saw it to be a mere overflow of the meaningless emotion that women stalk so abundantly on the occasion of a wedding she is an almost intensely feminine person as can be seen at once by any one who understands women in a goods box in the passage beyond i noted her nipper fast asleep a mammoth beef rib clasped to its fat chest i debated putting this abuse to her once more but feared the moment was not propitious she dried her eyes and smiled again a prince in his palace she murmured inanely she thought first he was going to be as funny as the other one then she found he wasn't i liked him too i didn't blame her a bit he's one of that kind his bark's worse than his bite and to think you knew all the time what was coming off my but you're the mr deep one i saw no reason to stultify myself by denying this i mean to say if she thought it let her the last thing yesterday she gave me this dress i had already noted the very becoming dull blue house-gown she wore 
quite with an air she carried it to be sure it was not suitable to her duties the excitements of the day i suppose had rendered me a bit sterner than is my wont perhaps a little authoritative a handsome gown i replied icily but one would hardly choose it for the work you are performing rubbish she retorted plainly i wanted to look nice i had to go in there lots of times and i wanted to be dressed for to-night why to-night may i ask i was all at once uncomfortably curious why the boys are coming for me they're going to take no-no home then we're all going to the movies they've got a new bill at the bijou and buck edwards especially wants me to see it one of the cowboys in it that does some star riding looks just like buck wavy chestnut hair buck himself is one of the best riders in the whole coulanche the woman seemed to have some fiendish power to enrage me as she prattled thus her eyes demurely on the glass she dried i felt a deep flush mantle my brow she could never have dreamed that she had this malign power but she was now at least to suspect it your mr edwards i began calmly enough may be like the cinema actor the two may be as like each other as makes no difference but you are not going i was aware that the latter phrase was heated where i had merely meant to be impressive dignified firmness had been the line i intended but my rage was mounting she stared at me astonished beyond words she was if i can read human expressions i am she snapped at last you are not i repeated stepping a bit toward her i was conscious of a bit of the rowdy in my manner but i seemed powerless to prevent it all my culture was again but the flimsiest veneer i am too she again said though plainly dismayed no i quite thundered it i dare say no 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 the nipper cried out from his box not until later did it occur to me that he had considered himself to be addressed in angry tones no no i thundered again i couldn't help myself though silly rot i call it now and then to my horror the mother herself began to weep i will she sobbed i will i will i will no no i insisted and i found myself seizing her shoulders not knowing if i mightn't shake her smartly so drawn out had the woman got me and still i kept shouting my senseless no no at which the nipper was now yelling she struggled her best as i clutched her but i seemed to have the strength of a dozen men the woman was nothing in my grasp and my arms were taking their blind rage out on her secure i held her and presently she no longer struggled and i was curiously no longer angry but found myself 
soothing her in many strange ways i mean to say the passage between us had fallen to be of the very shockingly most sentimental character you are so masterful she panted i'll have my own way i threatened i've told you often enough oh you're so domineering she murmured i dare say i am a bit that way i'll show you who's to be master but i never dreamed you meant this she answered true i had most brutally taken her by surprise i could easily see how expecting nothing of the faintest sort she had been rudely shocked i meant it all along i said firmly from the very first moment and now again she spoke in almost awed tones of my deepness i have never believed in that excessive intuition which is so widely boasted for woman i never dreamed of it she said again and added mrs kenner and i were talking about this dress only last night and i said i never never dreamed of such a thing she broke off with sudden inconsequence as women will we had now to quiet the nipper in his box i saw even then that domineering though i may be i should probably never care to bring the child's condition to her notice again there was something about her something volcanic in her femininity i knew it would never do better let the thing continue to be a monstrosity i might unnoticed of course snatch a bun from its grasp now and then our evening rush came and went quite as if nothing had happened i may have been rather absent reflecting pensively i mean to say i had at times considered this alliance as a dawning possibility but never had i meant to be sudden only for the woman's remarkably stubborn obtuseness i dare say the understanding might have been deferred to a more suitable moment and arranged in a calm and orderly manner but the die was cast like his lordship i had chosen an american bride taken her by storm and carried her off her feet before she knew it we english are often that way at ten o'clock we closed the grill upon a day that had been historic in the truest sense of the word i shouldered the sleeping nipper he still passionately clutched the beef rib and for some reason i felt averse to depriving him of it even though it would mean a spotty topcoat strangely enough we talked but little in our walk it seemed rather too tremendous to talk of when i gave the child into her arms at the door it had become half awake ruggums it muttered sleepily ruggums echoed the mother and again very softly in the still night ruggums ruggums that in the few months since that rather agreeable night i have acquired the title of red gap's social dictator cannot be denied 
more than one person of discernment may now be heard to speak of my reign though this of course is coming it a bit thick the removal by his lordship of one who despite her sterling qualities had been a source of discord left the social elements of the town in a state of the wildest disorganization and having for myself acquired a remarkable prestige from my intimate association with the affair i promptly seized the reins and drew the scattered forces together first at an early day i sought an interview with belknap jackson and mrs effie and told them straight precisely why i had played them both false in the matter of the wedding breakfast with the honour granted to either of them i explained i had foreseen another era of cliques divisions and acrimony therefore i had done the thing myself as a measure of peace flatly then i declared my intention of reconciling all those formerly opposed elements and of creating a society in red gap that would be a social union in the finest sense of the word i said that contact with their curious american life had taught me that their equality should be more than a name and that especially in the younger settlements a certain relaxation from the rigid requirements of an older order is not only unavoidable but vastly to be desired i meant to say if we were going to be americans it was silly rot trying to be english at the same time i pointed out that their former social leaders had ever been inspired by the idea of exclusion the soul of their leadership had been to cast others out and that the campaign i planned was to be one of inclusion even to the extent of bohemians and well-behaved cattle persons which i believed to be in the finest harmony with their north american theory of human association it might be thought a naive theory i said but so long as they had chosen it i should staunchly abide by it i added what i dare say they did not believe that the position of leader was not one i should cherish for any other reason than the public good that when one better fitted might appear they would find me the first to rejoice i need not say that i was interrupted frequently and acridly during this harangue but i had given them both a buffalo and well they knew it and i worked swiftly from that moment i gave the following week the first of a series of subscription balls in the dancing hall above the grill and both mrs belknap jackson and mrs effie early enrolled themselves as patronesses even after i made it plain that i alone should name the guests the success of the affair was all i could have wished red gap had become a social unit nor was appreciation for my leadership wanting there will be malcontents i foresee and from the informed inner circles i learn that i have already been slightingly spoken of as a foreigner wielding a sceptre over native-born americans but i have the support of quite all who really matter 
and i am confident these rebellions may be put down by tact alone it is too well understood by those who know me that i have equality for my watchword i mean to say at the next ball of the series i may even see that the fellow hobbs has a card if i can become assured that he has quite freed himself from certain debasing class ideals of his native country this to be sure is an extreme case because the fellow is that type of our serving class to whom equality is unthinkable they must from their centuries of servility look either up or down and i scarce know in which attitude they are more offensive to our american point of view still i mean to be broad even hobbs shall have his chance with us it is late june mrs ruggles and i are comfortably installed in her enlarged and repaired house we have a fowl run on a stretch of her freehold and the kitchen garden thrives under the care of the japanese agricultural labourer i have employed already i have discharged more than half my debt to cousin egbert who exclaims oh shucks each time i make him a payment he and the honourable george remain pally no end and spend much of their abundant leisure at cousin egbert's modest country-house at times when they are in town they rather consort with street persons but such is the breadth of our social scheme that i shall never exclude them from our gaieties though it is true that more often than not they decline to be present mrs ruggles i may say is a lady of quite amazing capacities combined strangely with the commonest feminine weaknesses she has acute business judgment at most times yet would fly at me in a rage if i were to say what i think of the nipper's appalling grossness quite naturally i do not push my unquestioned mastery to this extreme there are other matters in which i amusedly let her have her way though she fondly reminds me almost daily of my brutal self-will on one point i have just been obliged to assert this she came running to me with a suggestion for economizing in the manufacture of the relish she had devised a cheaper formula but i was firm so long as the inventor's face is on that flask i said its contents shall not be debased a tuppence my name and face will guarantee its purity she gave in nicely merely declaring that i needn't growl like one of their bears with a painful foot at my carefully mild suggestion she has just brought the nipper in from where he was cattying the young fowls much to their detriment but she is now heaping compote upon a slice of thickly buttered bread for him glancing meanwhile at our evening newspaper ruggams always has his awful own way doesn't ums she remarks to the nipper deeply ignoring this i resume my elocutionary studies of the declaration of independence 
therefore i should say that a signal honour of a municipal character has just been done me a committee of the chamber of commerce has invited me to participate in their exercises on an early day in july the fourth i fancy when they celebrate the issuance of this famous document i have been asked to read it preceding a patriotic address to be made by senator flood i accepted with the utmost pleasure and now on my vine-sheltered porch have been trying it out for the proper voice effects its substance i need not say is already familiar to me the nipper is horribly gulping at its food jam smears quite all about its countenance mrs ruggles glances over her journal how would you like it she suddenly demands if i went around town like these english women burning churches and houses of parliament and cutting up fine oil paintings how would that suit your grouchy highness this is not england i answer shortly that sort of thing would never do with us my but isn't he the fierce old ruggams she cries in affected alarm to the now half suffocated nipper once more i take up the declaration of independence it lends itself rather well to reciting i feel that my voice is going to carry the end end of chapter twenty end of ruggles of red gap by harry leon wilson recording by carol pelster